Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us today as we go into study of the Word of God. And today we're going to continue with our previous lessons on uh, graceful living, uh, third uh, teaching. And the teaching is going to be about life lessons from Joseph. Life lessons from Joseph. All right. And so in our previous lessons, we, we uh, talked about the covenant that God had given Joseph and how that God had given these words to him through his father, uh, Jacob, which came from his great-grandfather, uh, Isaac, and then from his great-grandfather, Abraham. And before we begin, I'll give you two ways for contacting us. You can reach us at uh, pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Again, that's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Or you can write us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Again, um, as we pick up this story today, we see Joseph. And if you go back and just start in the chapter 37, you'll you'll find you'll catch up with us as we go about this teaching. And I bring this teaching today. And some will say, well, how does this teaching of a man who lived uh nearly four thousand years ago, how does this relate to us? And remember, as I've I've talked um in previous lessons, Joseph and Abraham. And his the, the sons of Abraham down to Joseph, they lived in a time of grace. And although we know that Christ brought grace to the world, they lived under a time that God gave a covenant to Abraham. Abraham lived 400 plus years before the law was given. But Abraham had a promise from God that he was going to bless him. He's going to make his name great. He was going to cause him to be a blessing. And he was going to, he said, within you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. He said, everyone that, he said, if people bless you, I'm going to bless them. If they curse you, they're going to suffer the curse. Because this promise was God's word. And this is where, and the reason why I bring this uh, and brought forth this teaching is because God's word is eternal. Yes, God does change his methods. I didn't say God change, changes. I said God changes his methods of how he brings the word to us. And as many things I can bring up about that, but if you just consider, consider how in days of old, how that, uh, and just the presenting of the word, you know, before uh, the 1600s, uh, and this I'm talking about the, the years before, after Christ, 1600s years after Christ, the word was not available to the common man, but men died. Some were burned at the stake, others were uh what what had their head chopped off because they had the audacity to desire to check to put the word into the hands of the common man. And so we know that in the 1600 King uh, James commissioned and the scholars got together and they went to the Hebrew Bible and the and the Greek and they had these scholars gotten together and after many years they constructed what we know it was the first version of the King James version what we know of today as the Bible. But again, coming back to what we're, I'm talking about today, the Bible is precious. The Bible is precious. It's the most well-written, a well-read uh, book. It's the most read book is the word I want to use because uh, it's been printed more, it's been read more, it's been purchased more, it's been given more than any other book in the entirety of the existence of man on this earth. 
It's been scrutinized. It's been criticized. Every way that you can imagine, the Bible has been examined by those who don't believe and those who do believe. Because I believe that as we study this word, we'll. this is where we, the believer, can get the mind of God. If you want to discover God, you can discover yourselves. Matter of fact, you will discover yourself. You will discover your purpose as you go into the word of God, accompanied by the spirit of God, and he will reveal himself and your purpose will be found in the word of God. And there's so many examples to where we see men and women who were giving a dream, were giving a, a commission by God, and they found their purpose. They found their path because they searched the word, they found their purpose, and they let the word of God guide them. This is the same way that we should be living our lives now, 2,000 years after uh, the, the, the crucifixion of Christ, a birth of Christ, his, his death, burial, and, 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 and rising from the dead. This is the same book that we should be reading today and getting our direction. But going back to Joseph and him here in this uh, 39th chapter, we will be we're starting around a sixth verse. We see a man who didn't have the written word. What did he have? He had the promise out of uh, which was written out of Genesis 12 was written by Moses. Of what God gave his great grandfather, Abraham. He had that promise and this promise was given again to his, his grandfather, Isaac, to his father, Jacob. And this was passed down to Joseph. And this word, which which was connected him and which comforted him, him knowing that I have a covenant with God. And because I have a covenant, then I am blessed because my daddy told me I was blessed. My grandfather, my great grandfather, they if, if this word was good enough to keep them and guide them in their lives is good enough and is proven. It's not just a word, you know, because if you think about it, all the major religions of our time have a book. The Mormons have a book. Your witnesses have a book. The nation of Islam have a book. Most uh, religions have a book. But the one thing we can say as Christians, our author, our uh, uh, savior, he yet lives. All right. So let's go now again to uh, Genesis, the 39th chapter, because I started reading around the sixth verse. And again, this, this the title of this is Life Lessons from Joseph. And we're going to learn about and just we can look back now 4,000 years ago and see how Joseph held tight to that word and how this word sustained him, kept him in the midst of his trials and how we can we can glean from him and see how God delivered him in the midst of his troubles. Genesis 39, verse number six. And he was talking about, and he left all that he had. He was talking about uh, Potiphar had bought Joseph. Just set this up. Joseph's now a slave in the land of Egypt. Joseph now has worked for uh, and served Potiphar for a time. The blessings of God is upon Joseph's life and Potiphar sees it. And he commits all, just as we start the sixth verse, everything to Joseph's hand. And he knew not what he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well-flavored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said to him, lie with me. But he refused. And his master's wife beheld, said, Behold, this is what Joseph refused and said, Behold, my master does not know what is with me in the house. 
and he has committed all things to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but you. But thou, but you are his wife. And how can I go and how can I do rather this great wickedness and sin against God? Now, think about what Joseph just said. He said, what you've asked me to do, you've asked me to break a covenant that I have with God. It's bigger than you. And this is where I think we should be recognized that our lives is bigger than it's more than just us. We affect our families. You affect your, your circle of friends. You affect uh, uh, the people that you work with. You affect the people at the grocery store. You have an effect. You have a, uh, a presence with them. And, and you, many of you, you will touch people I could never touch. You, they trust you because they know you. They've seen your life. They, they, they recognize you as a person of integrity. They, they know you as a person that can be trusted. And your witness, your testimony will mean more to them than if they would hear every word that I've ever spoken in my life as far as being a minister. It wouldn't have a greater effect than if, when they see you showing Christ to them, help supporting them when they're sick, comforting them when they're worried, uh, being a, a helping hand in a time of death or, or sickness. That's Christ. That's Jesus. That's when God shows up because he shows up in us. And this is what Joseph is saying here in the ninth verse. He's saying, how can I do this great wickedness, wickedness rather, and sin against God? Because Joseph had a promise. He had a covenant with God and he was saying within himself, I'm not going to break my covenant. I'm not going to break the promise that God gave me. I believe. And what he's saying is, although he didn't hear God talk to Abraham, he's 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 living the result. He saw his own upon his father. He saw it upon his uh, grandfather, Isaac. And so he heard these words and these words went down into his heart. If we would go over to the book of Matthew and we would read how uh, what how the Jesus began to talk about how that uh, uh, gave the the the, uh, the parable of the sower. He says in Matthew uh, 13, 18, he said, hear now the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the words of the kingdom and understandeth not, he said, then the wicked one catches away that which was sown in their heart. This is he which see, receives the seed by the wayside. But he says again, he said, but he that seed receives the seed and the seed is the word of God, receives the seed in stony places, the same is he that hears the word and anon are now with joy he received it. Yet the word, he says, he has no root in himself. He's saying that word does not take root. It does not uh, uh, produce fruit in, in him. He says, he said, but for a while, but when, but when tribulation or persecution arise because of the word, by and by he is offended. So you just think about that 21st verse. He's talking about a man or a woman who's received the word and they're excited to get it. But now here, come, here comes a trial, a fiery trial or a tribulation. And it didn't come from God because it says it came to offend him. That's why trials and persecutions come. They don't come to make you stronger. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. 
So whenever we go through things in life, don't think it's God trying to, it's God trying to test me. He's, that's why he gave me this cancer. This is why I had this stroke. This is why I had this accident because God is testing my faith. No, it's the enemy trying to kill you and to take you off this earth and to make you doubt what God has sown in you, telling you that I'm faithful. Yes, we will live in a fallen world. Yes, we live in a time where, you know, and, and this has always happened. If you read the book of Proverbs, Proverbs says that uh, the righteous man follows several times. But the Lord, several times, but God delivers him out of them all. He will deliver you. And this is why I went over to, I'm going to Matthew 13, because the Bible says that the Old Testament was written for our learning. And this word that was sown in each one of these people's heart, each one of these are, are, are symbolic of a person's heart. The one that fell by the wayside, the one that fell among thorns, the one that fell on stony ground, and then the one that fell on good ground. All of these are different people with a condition of their heart to where, you know, the one that fell on stony ground, you know, the Bible said uh, uh, that it, 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 it did not take root. It did not receive the, 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 the moisture and it did not go down into the earth. And, and have time to germinate. That's why our germinating is when we sit down, we read the word and we meditate on it. That's why we let we, we let that word seep down into our heart and we think about it and say, God, how does this affect me? God, how does this apply to me? Lord, what are you, how can I take this word and use it in my life? What can I do, Lord God? Not do, but uh, uh, how, this, how do you want me, Lord, to, uh, 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 how does this affect me? How can I use it and put this into action? The word of God must be put into action because this is what the word world is waiting on. The world is waiting on the sons and daughters of God to be manifested. In other words, for us to occupy those places which God has designed for us to take. If we go into the land of the enemy and take back everything that he's taken from the, from the uh, people of God, so that we will be the light to sit on the hill that cannot be hid. So that we can sit on the on the on in the, in the judge's seat. So that we can sit and be that police officer. We can be that nurse or that doctor or that teacher. We can be that mom or that dad. We can be that uh, uh, counselor. That when they come, that we have the words of wisdom, and we can tell them, "I hear what you are saying. Let me give you let me give you an example of how God has delivered me in my life." And how that and give you a testimony of how I went through. And if God can take me through, he can take you through. If God can heal me, he can heal you. If God can bring my son or my daughter out of jail, he can bring my uh, uh, bring me from out of sickness. He can deliver you from sickness. See, this is the testimony that the enemy desires to destroy. And this is why Potiphar's wife came to Joseph. The enemy put her in place. To destroy the purpose of God. Because if you remember, God had given Abraham a promise in Genesis 12. But he had shown Joseph in Genesis 37 uh, verses 6 and 9 how that there will come in a time. when he gave First he gave an example of the sheaves, which were his brothers. They would bow down to him. Then he gave an example of the sun and the moon also giving obsessions unto him. In other words, when he told this to his father and his brethren, they said, Oh, you trying to say we're going to bow down to you? But this was the plan and purpose of God. And God was letting Joseph know it's bigger than you. 
Joseph didn't get the whole picture. And many times that's how God does us. You know, he'll show us, the Bible said he'll give us the, he'll show you the end from the beginning. But between the end and the beginning lies life. You're going to be tested. You're going to be tried. You're going to mature. You're going to grow. You're going to fall. You're going to get up. You're going to uh, go through some things. But the Bible says the trying of your faith worketh patience. And, 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 and it will help you to get a place, come to a place of understanding, a place of maturity. So that as the scripture says, at first, first the blade, then the ear, then the full term, full uh, corn in the ear. It's the same thing that Genesis 8, 8 talks about, about seed time the harvest. God will sow a seed in your heart. He will put that seed there. And this is what he gave uh, Joseph over in Genesis 37 chapters, uh, verses six and nine. He's, he was letting Joseph know there's going to come a time when you will have rule over your brothers, that they will come and bow before you. And then he showed his father the same thing, that there was coming a day when you too will be under the rule of your son. But yet God had to, uh, uh, God had to, Joseph had to be matured. And again, I'm not saying that I'm not, and, and dare not say, even in our day, God does not bring evil before us to tempt us. The Bible said God tempted no man. But yet, the Bible also says over in uh, Romans, the eighth chapter, Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose. So let's go back now to where we are in Genesis uh 39. And we see where Joseph, he, he here he is. He's been test, tempted by his is uh by his master's wife. And he says to her, I can't, what you're asking me to do, I'm not gonna do. Because if I do this, I sin against God. So let's go down now. You can uh take time out to read these other verses, but now we see where if you just glean the knowledge from this, she keeps going after Joseph day by day, say, lie with me, come and, and, and sin with me. And Joseph refuses until one day she grabs him and Joseph runs out of the house. Joseph left, he left all and said, I'm getting up out of here because if I do this thing, he knew not only would he be sinning against his master, but he recognized his relationship with God was greater than his relationship with Potiphar. And so he runs out of the house and now, Satan uses this to accuse him. 17th verse, it says that uh, she laid up, 16th verse rather, it says she laid up his garment, that being Joseph's garment beside her, until Potiphar came home. And she said to him, this Hebrew which you brought unto us came in to mock me. 18th verse, and it came to pass, I lifted up my voice, I cried out, and he ran out. And it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his wife, she spake to him, saying, after this manner did your servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. Now, just think about it. If Potiphar would have been thinking, and this is just my, uh, uh, this is first Eric, I would imagine this ain't the first time that this happened to Potiphar. But if you go on, to th we're going to go some read some things here. But I want to just tell you that just because we do the right things in God, just because you're out, you're, 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 you're a witness, you know, you're living your life, you're treating your neighbor right, 
you're doing the best thing as a wife or as a husband does not mean that trials and tribulations are not going to come to your home. It does not mean that you won't experience trouble, that you won't experience uh, uh, things in your life that you find distasteful. It don't mean that you won't have trouble in your in your house or on your job where people come against you and you didn't do anything to cause it. You just live in your life doing uh, uh, obeying God and 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 doing the things that the father has put out before you. But yet trouble, yet trials, let yet tribulations come. And I go back again. These things come to upset uh, and, and uproot the word that's in your heart. This is what Satan is after. He's after the promise that God gave you. Because the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if he could take, if the enemy can take the faith out of you, where you doubt what God said, where you doubt what, uh, what, 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 the, what the scripture has said about how that no weapon that formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against us, we shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the sons and daughters of God. We shall condemn everything that rises up against us. But if he can get us to say, oh, you know what? God did this to you. It's God. Why did God let you down? Why you got COVID? How come you? How come your mom died of cancer? How come your dad died of uh, prostate cancer? But God was such a great God. Seemed like to me, what are you? I guess prayer don't work, work at all, does it? And see, this is the these are the words of the evil one. These are the words of him who desires to take that word out of you. And see, we've got to be like the the the, the Hebrew boys that were thrown into the lake of when before the king threw them into the lake of fire. We all know the story in, in the book of Daniel. How they came to Daniel and, and uh, came to uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And told them that if you don't, when you hear the sound, if you don't bow down, we're going to throw you into the, into the burning fiery furnace. But before they were thrown in, those boys said, oh, king. I'm paraphrasing. We trust God. And if by chance we believe, if we believe in God and he will deliver us. But if he we throw we're thrown into that fire, if we perish, we still trust him. We are not gonna bow. And see, when you are the word of God is rooted and grounded in your life, then we know that we have a promise. We, as children of God, have a promise that is greater than this present world. See, we have to realize that we are living to live again. This whole world is temporary. Everything that you see, everything that you can touch, everything that you can feel is going to be destroyed one day. One day, even if this earth doesn't, even if this earth continues on for another thousand years, your house most likely is going to be pushed down, crumbled up, and, 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 and pushed to the trash heap, and something else is going to be put in this place. That car that you love so much, one day is going to be at the scrap heap, and, and someone's going to take the useful parts out of it. And it'll be pushed away. I don't care how expensive it is. Somebody's going to say, well, you know what? It's lived. It's lived this useful life. But we know there is a life after this life. And again, I keep going. I keep coming back to Joseph. This boy did not have a Bible. He had a word, a promise from God 
that and the Bible says what God gave his great grandfather Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham was justified because and declared righteous because he believed. He believed in what God had declared over his life. And this is what caused Joseph to run out of that room, leave his robe in the, in, in the Potiphar's wife's hand because he had a promise from God that God was with him, God was for him, even if he was a slave. I just go back real quickly over as because we're, our time is running out. We'll just go back quickly to, uh, to I'm not going to read it, but back over to uh, uh, the 37th chapter of the book of Genesis. The dream said that others would bow down to Joseph. Now, we're going to see here in the 39th verse that Joseph is not only, he's lower than his brothers. His brothers are free men still with their father. Joseph is lower than the very uh, people, of the, the lowest person in Egypt that was free because Joseph was a slave. He had no rights. And now he's a slave. But we're going to see now in the 39th chapter and the uh, 20th verse, the 20th, 19th verse says that uh, his master, the last letter, letter stands of that 19, 39, 19, said, after this manner did they serve, that thy servant to me, and Potiphar's wrath was kindled. Potiphar was fired up. And what did he do? Joseph's master took him, Potiphar took Joseph, Put him in prison where the king's prisoners were bound and he was there in prison. I think we used to call that the old school, taken take out of the frying pan and thrown into the fire. It's one thing. Joseph had the free walk. He could walk all over Egypt as long as he obeyed Potiphar and return home at a certain time. He was over the other slaves. He was over his master's house. He said, everything is in this house is under my control except you, except for the wife. He said, your husband doesn't even know what he uh, anything but the plate that's set before him because he trusted me. And he was a slave. Now, this slave is being thrown in the prison. And this is the man that had a dream that said his father was going to bow down to him. This is where, again, we have to know that my current circumstance is not my destiny. Wherever you find yourself, you may be having the best of time or this may be the worst of time. You may feel this may be the day that you feel the worst you've ever felt in your life. You could have COVID, you could have cancer, you know, you could have just had went through a horrific wreck, horrific uh, um, uh, time in your relationship, whether it was your family or your husband or your brothers or sisters. You could be in the feel like you're in the worst place that you could ever be. I'm going to tell you, like the uh, man of God said, if God be for us, who can be against us? God gave a promise to Abraham. God showed Joseph a promise. And he has given us that same little simple promise. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you to the end of the world. And I'm going to finish up today by reading Again, Matthew 28, Matthew, Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew 8, 28, which says, all things, let me, sure, let, me sure, let me make sure I get it. And we know all things work together for good 
to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he may be the firstborn among many brethren. Paul goes on later to say, he that began a work in me shall finish it unto the day of Jesus Christ. If God gave you a promise, he is going to keep it. But he says in that 28th verse, he says, all things work together for them who are called according to his purpose. See, there's a lot of bad things that are going to happen. And the world has taken that and said, oh, you know, that, you know, I just know God's got working it out. But the problem, but the problem with that is you've got to be called according to his purpose. You've got to be a part of the family of God. And just because you are the created son or daughter doesn't is not the same as being as being the newborn son or daughter, meaning Christ is now the head of your life. You have given yourself over to him and he is now Lord and Savior and master of your life. And you call him Jesus, Lord of, 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 of Lord of glory. This is what the scripture is talking about in that 28th verse. Those who are called according to his purpose. We know, those of you who read the end of this story, you know there is a glorious end for Joseph. The same as he has for us. We're going to end here today. I just thank God for you joining us. And I just pray for those who may not may be sick today. I pray in the name of Jesus. I just touch and agree with you. that he's saying in Psalms 103, bless the Lord on my soul and forget not all of his benefits. For he has forgiven me of all of my iniquities and he's healed me of all of my diseases. Know that God is a healer. He's a deliverer and he has set you free. Lord, we thank you today and bless all those who hear us until we meet again. Amen.